<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, don't skip ahead. Hang out for a second. One of the goals of this podcast is to be consistently there for you. We seldom miss any shows or take unexpected breaks because we know how rare it is to be included in your daily routine. I try not to ever take that for granted. And the only way we can continue to be here Tuesdays through Fridays is thanks to our amazing Patreon subscribers. So if you like this podcast, the best way to show your love for what we do here is to subscribe to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. And being a supporter has its own perks too, like the Shadow Docket Show every Tuesday and Thursday, plus the Friday After Party with me and Kimberly, and commercial free ultimate edition versions of the main shows just go to patreon.com slash bob show click on the box for the level you can afford and you're all set thanks so much for supporting our patreon page and now let the cartoons begin the bob seska show bob seska not great bob the bob seska show from our nation's capital it is thursday february 1 2024 and this is the bob seska show on the sexy little podcast network Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1107 of the Biden-Harris administration, 278 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram. The Bob Seska is my handle there. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. And those people right there, it's the goth ninjas. Yeah. It is Jody Hamilton, the executive producer of the Stephanie Miller Show. Patreon.com slash Stephanie Miller Show. Also, stephaniemiller.com and sexyliberal.com. Plus, uh, David Ferguson, we sometimes call him T-Rex. His music project is called Astral Summer. Patreon.com slash Astral Summer. Yes. Hi, Goth Ninjas. Hello. Happy Thursday to you. Yes, yes, yes. Hey. The uh, bucket of show runneth over today. We have a gigantic heaping (laughs) bucket of show today. Mm -mm. I, I guess we just start here. The United States has the best economy in the world. We're number one. We're number one. Thank you, Joe Biden. This is uh, obviously something that we're going to hear lots about if all things are sane between now and November. Uh, The GDP growth among the G7 nations, the United States is number one with plus 2.5% GDP growth. Second, a distant second is Japan, plus 1.9%. Canada, this is uh, 1.1%. France, 0.8%. Italy and UK, Germany. Uh, Germany is still in recessionary territory, just very, very slightly. Phenomenal news. This, you can directly attribute these numbers to the Joe Biden record. 
on the economy, the stewardship of the economy, the competent stewardship of the economy. This is all a direct result of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIPS Act. All of these things are contributing to a booming economy. We've talked about uh, the massive amount of money that's being spent on uh, new factory construction inside the United States that's going to reap long-term benefits far beyond the Joe Biden presidency deep into the future because you're talking about creating jobs that aren't just about building the factories, it's populating the factories with workers and then workers after that and then workers after that. And plus the, the products that are being uh, produced, all of that contributes to the GDP. And uh, that is just incredible news, which might be why Republicans are going completely apeshit about Taylor Swift and the border. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. how fucking stupid. OK, first off, yeah. they're mad because she's getting people registered to vote. Right. What was the number? She registered an enormous number. Thirty five thousand people. people after one tweet. They all went and registered. And that's Boom. a bad yeah. thing, apparently. So that tells you everything you need to know. They don't want people voting. Mm -hmm, exactly. The great thing about this, the delicious thing about the fact that the Republicans have to go, hey, well, this is all about Taylor Swift now. This is a psyop or whatever the hell they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable because they can't talk about the one thing that they thought they were going to be able to talk about this year, right. which is the Biden economy. And it turns mm -hmm. out Joe Biden's successes have stripped that away from them. Mm -hmm. So now they got to go full conspiracy theory, full fear mongering about the border and that's all they're left with. Now, suffice to say, the fear-mongering about the border, that can still have an effect to drive people to stupidly vote for Republicans. However, if it's about the economy this year, if it's about uh, decency and decorum, Joe Biden's got it. If it's about uh, his uh, legislative record, if it's about Dobbs, all these different factors that we've talked about in recent shows, good reason for me to continue to be strangely optimistic about well, the election. Well, I mean, I was, I was telling you guys earlier that James Carville was on CNN or wherever yeah. yesterday, I guess, and he, he, they showed him videos of Jesse Waters, et cetera, talking uh. about Taylor Swift and how dare she. And he goes, I think they're just sexually inadequate. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Thank right. you, James, for boiling it all down to its actual essence. I mean, this oh, is. Oh, he loves it. He's enjoying it too. He goes, I just love it. I'm having the best time listening to this. <laughs> right. Well, let's listen to the uh, MAGA people freaking out about Taylor Swift. Uh, the Lincoln Project put together this compilation of some of the best of. <laughs> These are all guys who, at some point or another, someone lo who looks like Taylor Swift laughed at their tiny penises. And so now they're completely pissed off that, you know, a celebrity would say something political. It's remarkable to me. I was saying this on the Stephanie Miller show yesterday that it must be shitty for Republicans to know that all of these pop culture figures, all of these uh, recording artists and movie them. stars, yeah. and they're all voting Democratic by and large. How that must feel for Republicans to know that all of their favorite celebrities are mainly kind of voting Democratic. I mean, I guess yeah. now it's a little different. There are a few more people who are voicing uh, support for the Republican Party or support for Donald Trump or MAGA, but they're all kind of low-level fringe people like James Woods and Kevin Sorbo and Chachi. Scott, Scott Bayo. <laughs> Some of the people Jack Posobiec was talking about. You know, like, uh, what did he say? Oh, well, let's just listen to the tape. Let's listen to the tape of the... Uh, 
Republicans freaking out about Taylor Swift. Here we go. Maybe she just bought into all the lies about conservatives and Republicans that they're racist and sexist and homophobic and xenophobic and transphobic and Islamophobic, that Republicans and conservatives want dirty air and water and a total ban on all abortion with no exceptions. It is so scary. Um, Thank you, Sean Hannity, by the way. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Sean, speaking the truth. Gary, there was a recent poll. One fifth of Taylor Swift fans said they would back whichever candidate that she endorsed. 18% of voters are more likely to back a Taylor Swift endorsed candidate. A single post of hers led to 35,000 new registrants. That's arguably more power than the president. Biden effectively has Taylor Swift as his VP. Taylor Swift's cat is valued, one of them is valued at $97 million because of its Instagram impact. Her cat? Her cat. Brain dead, <laughs> low information voters. Of course, I'm talking about Swifties. We don't have a Taylor Swift on our side, but you know who we have? We have Kid Rock. We have Ted Nugent. <laughs> we have influencers. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we, okay, let's stop right we there. That's Kid the Rock answer. and Ted Nugent, neither of whom owns his shirt. Yeah, but he goes, Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, and we have influencers. influencers. That's like the uh, Gilligan's Island lyric. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, the and the rest. <laughs> yeah. it's like, we can't think of the other one, so we're just going to say, and the rest. Or, and some influencers. Just insert, fill in the blank here. Right, we have all these people. John Voight. What world are we living in? <laughs> John sure Voight. seems planned. Nothing but a psyop. The Pentagon psyop unit PSYOP. pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. Taylor Swift, of course, also a psyop for the NFL wives out there. Don't believe wow. everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. But it would be the single dumbest thing <laughs> a mega superstar could ever do. Don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. And uh, let's say that I like Taylor's music about 25% less now, okay? <laughs> all right, there you go. Janine Pirro. Yeah, really exercised about it. It just is bizarre to be. She's like a size two blonde lady. Yeah. Like, this is your favorite flavor, Republicans. What's your problem? But, but, plus, this is something that's been happening since politics was invented in the United States. Celebrities le- attaching their names to the politicians that they like, whether it's Frank Sinatra and JFK or... God, who else? Uh, uh, if you Fleetwood don't want to piss off the, the most powerful and, yeah. woman in entertainment, right. don't outlaw abortion, you assholes. Exactly right. <laughs> it's like, where do you think this is coming from? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's the fact that you're trying to make women into human incubators. And did you notice the PSYOP part? That's a, the yes. latest feature in all of this, that this is somehow a PSYOP. It, it's I just, just pretend it's, we're talking about Battlestar Galactica at that point. Yeah. Like, well, you know, it's, Cylon, PSYOP. <laughs> it's the Alex Jonesification of the Republican yes. Party that I've been warning about for like 10 years now, that that influence was going to grow stronger and stronger and stronger over time. And here we are. Jesse Waters, who's in the primetime flagship slot on Fox News Channel, Eight o'clock, eight to nine o'clock, the Bill O'Reilly slot, talking about a Taylor Swift psyop to elect Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Who do we see all the time? Uh, Bruce Springsteen hanging out with Barack Obama. They didn't call that a psyop. It was just a, well, he's a rock dude. star. Who, yeah, it was a rock star because people who are in the arts tend to be more liberal because Democrats, well, the liberals, whole empathy yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. I can write a song that makes you feel something because I have empathy and I understand yes. human emotions, unlike meat robots like Ben Shapiro. So yes, the freak out over Sorry, Taylor Swift continued. One of the funniest things uh, that I could totally relate to the other day was Joy Reid was doing a segment about this whole fracas and 
right in the middle of it, she's like, I don't recognize any Taylor Swift songs, but I'm, <laughs> I'm supporting Taylor Swift. And immediately I sent, <laughs> I sent Joy a DM and I said, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs either, but this is fucking awesome. It's one of those things where uh, her music you know just hasn't couple, been on my... You know, shake it off and stuff. I mean, you know. Maybe if I heard it. I, Kimberly and I watched a bunch of music videos by Taylor Swift the other night. Maybe. I still couldn't tell you any of her music. I know, I feel so old and out of touch. You, I'm supposed to be the music guy, but I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs an independent recording <laughs> artist, so that's, that's kind of my thing. And uh, you know, rush that too. Well, you should you should just watch the documentary on her. I think it was on Hulu. Okay, um, just watch that, called? and you will learn so much about. I I'll look it up, but um, uh, it was it came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it taught me so much because I used to make fun of her, mm-hmm. and after seeing that, I was like, nope, I am a Swifty. She is she is so amazing. She's so smart. Yeah, she's and, great, and such a good businesswoman. Um, and I mean, seriously, if my mom still had her show, she'd be on. <laughs> Absolutely. And so this is I not kind to say of fell into her camp when the, the whole Becky thing. Do you remember that? When they were like, this yeah. is Becky. Mm-hmm. She was a normal high school girl until she snorted a marijuana at a party and dropped dead. And someone's right. like, I think that's Taylor Swift. And you're like, no, it's Becky. And then Taylor Swift shows up in a t-shirt that says, no, it's Becky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I was like, all right, she's in on it. She's cool. You know, I- like. As I've said uh, sometime recently, that uh, Taylor Swift comes from a part of the country where I lived for 20 years, which is Berks County, Pennsylvania, uh, specifically West Reading, Pennsylvania, where I actually had an animation studio for a good period of that time. And uh, I met with this guy about doing a a music video, and he was a a country recording artist who's pretty famous in the uh, Berks County area. His name was Pat Garrett. And his whole thing was that he discovered Taylor Swift. Like, he was personally responsible for introducing Taylor Swift to the world. And that's my three, two or three degrees of separation from Taylor Swift. It's kind of like discovering an iceberg. Or I mean, it's like the, she, I think, was inevitable. You know, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the momentum and just, I don't know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the funny You're thing like is the Columbus to my America, sir. Sure. Yes, yeah. You discovered me. Right. Well, the funny thing about this Pat Garrett guy is I'm sure he's a Trump supporter. I'm like 1000 mm-hmm. percent certain that he's a Trump supporter. So this is probably killing him. Like his whole <laughs> his whole brand is wrapped around the idea that he discovered Taylor Swift. And then suddenly it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> what am I going to do now? What am I going to say now? I don't want to be attached to this right. woman. But anyway, uh, I, I did like his wife. Pat Garrett's wife was amazing to work with on the music video, so that was good. Uh, okay, so there's the, uh, the latest from the Taylor Swift freakout, which will certainly continue. Are either of you concerned for Taylor Swift's safety? I know that Kimberly is. Something we've talked about here uh, just off the air. That, uh, that never concerned. even occurred to me until just now. Oh, okay. Uh, and now I'm Shit, frantic. sorry. Thank you for, you can rock me to sleep tonight. Yeah. Saska, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure she's got like fucking like CIA level security. You know, probably like guys that talk into their wrists that like follow her everywhere. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But I mean, even with when it comes to people as famous as Taylor Swift, even the fans who love her 
are probably a little bit dangerous as far as getting too close to her. I think well, she's he just been had stalked. a stalker. Yeah, just yeah. he got oh, arrested really? for like the fourth or fifth time yeah. in three days or something. There it is. Yeah. Like he just keeps like trying to walk into her house. Yeah. But remember that happened to David Letterman where there was this woman yeah. who kept breaking into his house? I mean, I can't even yeah. imagine yeah. that. That's what makes me comfortable about being a D-list level person. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. That's, I told you my Michael Stipe story, you know. Yeah. And he's like, I'm having a bad day. You know, and I'm like, I'd like to have one of your fucking bad days. <laughs> you know, like your bad day is like the, you know, fucking best day of my life. But yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, being rich and famous only solves two problems. I not just being famous and not having any money. And it brings on a whole host of problems you didn't even know you could have. Oh, yeah. Including stalkers in the middle of the night trying to get into your house. Yeah. Although I did have one guy who showed up at our house one time. But he was yeah. actually a good guy and, and, you know, kept his distance. Just left a note on our door because he was canvassing during, uh, I think it was the 2022 uh, midterms. And left a note on our door. He just happened to come by to canvas in our area and noticed that my name was on the list of the houses he was supposed to canvas and uh, was very kind about leaving a note and not, you know, kind of knocking on the door and freaking us out. Because if, if, they, if someone had knocked on the door wanting to meet us, Kimberly and I would be hiding under the bed. <laughs> I mean, just anyone who knocks on the door. We're like, who, who could that be? Oh, my God. What do they want? Why are they here? When did that happen? I remember people knocking on the door all the time as a kid. But now it's like someone knocks on the door and everybody immediately hits the door. <laughs> Adults you know? do that. Yeah. Children don't. Right. Okay, so when I was in college in a dorm room, mm -hmm. people knocked on your door. You're like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, people when I lived in my, apartment, my first apartment, knock on the door. Hi, what are you doing here? I mean, but as an adult... We have, luckily, our windows can kind of look to see who's at the door yeah. without them knowing we can see them. Mm -hmm. So we're like, who's that? Okay. Um, unless it's important. I think texting has changed in. some of that, too. Yeah, it has. Maybe. Did your mom have any situation like that? Uh, um, when Joe we were young, I seem to recall. Yeah. Uh, so when her show was on the air, that they were concerned at one point and so it was, I mean, making sure we got to school safely, making sure we got home safely. We were not allowed to leave the house without an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, you couldn't walk around the neighborhood or anything. And um, I remember that they were concerned at one point. So there probably was somebody, and this is the 70s, um, much harder to find people in the 70s than now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, except oh, yeah. You were, everybody was in the fucking phone book. Mm. Well, no, I mean, we weren't listed, but um, uh, I know that, that when we sold the house, the the house I the first house I lived in when I was nine, we they sold the house. The people we sold it to changed the address because you could the, the numbers. There was a capability of changing the address mm -hmm. because you know star maps would drive by. Um, right. This is so and so's house, and so they changed the address because they and the person that bought the house was a producer. <laughs> I know his son. Wow. Um, and so it's just like they changed the address so that people would stop just driving. Because we had people driving by all the time. Oh, God. All the time. And you just get a star map. I don't, you don't yeah. need the, I think star maps is gone now because you can just Google people anymore. But, mm -hmm. um, but there was, there are people on corners in Beverly Hills, Westwood, Hollywood, selling maps to stars homes. And we were on that map. Yikes. So the second house that, that I lived in as a kid, when my dad we my dad had his dream home built, and it was at the top of this hill, and we literally he bought a used police car, 
and parked it in the driveway. So it looked like we had a cop as security. Wow, what a great 24/7. idea. 24-7. And it was cheap. She just bought a used car. It didn't start. I don't remember it ever starting. Um, but it was parked enough so that if you came close enough to the gate, you saw a cop car. By the way, I just I got to stop here because there's a fucking car alarm going off right outside my that. window. I don't know if you can hear it, but I've been potting myself down so you can't hear it. Yeah, it's oh, literally it. right outside the window. I hear it. Yeah, now I hear it. That's so annoying. Apologies for you're the. You're way uh, high up. You're not low on. Yeah, the, we're on the third floor. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when uh, Roger Stone tries to break in, he's got to shimmy up three stories of our apartment <laughs> exactly. building to get to us. Shimmy up like a monkey. Yeah, with his ninja suit and his suction cups on his hands and his feet. But yeah, <laughs> now it's, I'm picturing. Brew. It's so now easy to picture brew. for some weird reason. Like, <laughs> I know. I don't know why. Picturing Roger Stone wearing a ninja suit crawling up the wall. <laughs> it's it's just... Gru from Despicable Me. It's Gru. Okay, so uh, next up, Trump seems to not realize that he's liable for damages in the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit <laughs> in the so civil dumb. fraud case. This might be one of those things where he's afraid to admit it in public. He's afraid to say, yeah. oh, yes, there are these damages that I have to pay. So this toxic positivity that he has, I think, is contributing to the fact that when he was asked by a reporter about the damages and how he's going to pay for the damages, he's like, what damages? Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand. Damages? I'm completely innocent. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but there badges? was still... We don't need any badges. <laughs> right. But there was still an $83 million judgment against uh -huh. him. Just the other day, and there's yeah. bound to be another one any second now, probably on Monday, upward of $370 million, perhaps even more. And he's like, duh, what? Let's listen to Donald Trump denying the existence of damages in either one of these cases. Listen carefully to the reporter. I tried to fix the audio so you can hear. Thank you. Um, do you plan to try to use campaign funds or tax money to try to pay some of the penalties? Okay, do you intend to use campaign funds to right. cover any of this? I don't understand what. Are you, are you thinking of potentially trying to use campaign money? As she repeats the question. What penalties? In the New York fraud case, the defamation case. What? He says, what penalties? What penalties? <laughs> have you read the thing called the news, Donald? Yeah, do you mean which penalties, Donald? It's <laughs> like, what you kind of spin the wheel at this point. What are you talking about? I don't know. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's been proven as far as I'm concerned. No, and actually, we won in the Court of Appeals. You probably saw that. That case has been largely won. That is entirely a lie. Not true at all. I don't even know what he's is he talking about. No. He's no, talking he's talking about, about the E. Jean Carroll, the first E. Jean Carroll case last mm. year that was all about determining that he right. raped her. And he, of course, appealed that. That included the $5 million judgment against right. him. And he's appealing that, but there's no indication that he's won that appeal. In fact, he's probably not going to win that appeal. He has to pay most, if not all, of the $83 million or some sort of appeal bond before he can start the appeal process on the defamation angle on all of yeah, this. Yeah, he's got to get that bond together. And if he doesn't get it together within 30 days, yep. according to Robert, uh, Robbie Kaplan, she said if it's not there in 30 days, we can start getting his assets, which I say just get Mar-a-Lago and evict him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, I looked up what, I think Judge Ngoron valued Mar-a-Lago at something like, I think it was 37 million in that mm -hmm. range, like 27 million to 35 million, something like that. Yeah. She could get that. She could get every Bedminster. She could start just buying all of his fucking properties so he can't live anywhere. <laughs> right, right. All right, let's continue. Wait. 
What penalties? What penalties? Amazing. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's been proven as far as I'm concerned. And actually, we won in the Court of Appeals. You no. probably saw that. That no. case has been largely no. won in the Court of Appeals. Uh, that was a political case coordinated with the White House by the Attorney General, I assume is what you're talking about. No. And we won that case. No. Largely in the Court of Appeals. No. That's a ridiculous case. That case is a ridiculous case. We're appealing it. Uh, it is. She didn't know anything about. Okay, me. here's here's the part where he. God, he just makes me want to drink poison and die. Yeah. Well, here's the part where he's <laughs> almost defaming her again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this sounds like defamation to me. In this case, we're appealing it. Uh, it is. She didn't know anything about me. She didn't know. When it happened, there was nothing. People are looking at that case. It's a disgrace. We're appealing that case. We had a very hostile judge. Mm. We're appealing that case. It's a ridiculous case. He's repeating himself a lot lately. And I've noticed this, obviously, going yeah. back to when he was president, where he would sometimes repeat little phrases here and there. But now the loop is much shorter, where he'll say mm. the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I mean, again, just let me know in the comments on Patreon or whatever, if that rises to the level of defamation, what he was saying there at the end. I don't think so. I mean, he disparaged the judge, but I don't think so. With my law and order degree. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, well, it's, it's a gray area. It seems like he's saying that she's mm -hmm. lying, that she doesn't know, and therefore right. presented a false accounting of the entire incident but he doesn't so mention know. her yeah well let, let's and i i read something today about her lawsuit she's like mm. if he had just generally denied all of the rape accusations and not mentioned her personally yeah. she's like i wouldn't have sued him let's listen to this one more time just the one small clip of him talking about <laughs> e Jean. it is she didn't know anything about me. She didn't know anything about me. She didn't know That's irrelevant. when it happened. With she didn't know when it happened. There was nothing. She did not. People That's accurate. Okay. All right. So maybe not. She couldn't, she couldn't put the exact date or time of day because it's been a, a minute. Yeah. Um, so none of that is disparaging. And her not knowing him saying she didn't know him. Well, mm -hmm. does that matter in a rape case? Mm -mm. No. But here's the thing. Even if it's not defamatory he's taking another step closer to mm -hmm. defaming her again. Because mm -hmm. initially he was like, uh, this, the judge was a disgrace and I was treated unfairly, the normal bitching and whining that he right. always does. He can do that. Pants yeah. pooping and the rest of it. And he hadn't really said anything about E. Jean Carroll up until that very moment that we just right. played. And it's kind of like one disgusting toe over the line to mm -hmm. see what he can get away with. And then the next time, it'll be a little bit more. And before you know it, it'll be his entire bulbous pumpkin head way over the line, and E. Jean Carroll will uh, sick uh, Roberta Kaplan and Sean Crowley on him, which I'm mm -hmm. very much hoping for. You know, I'm in that weird yeah. place where I kind of hope he defames her again because Trump always makes things worse for Trump, and naturally, he's gonna have to pay more and more money. The more money he pays, the deeper into debt he's going to go, the more distressed he's going to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know where I'm leading with this? Uh, yeah. An 80-year-old man under significant strain and, and duress. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't get so much delight over, you know, what, what David calls the COVID blood clot. Let's uh, <laughs> just hope he pops a blood vessel yeah, and puts yeah. us out of our misery. Jesus Christ. 
And by the way, Tiny Trump will return. So coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Biden's call to uh, the parents of uh, Specialist Kennedy Layden Sanders, who was killed in Jordan in that drone attack. This is I'm, I'm just preparing David to grab the tissues <laughs> because this to me, I retweeted this video clip and noted that this is presidential. If you're wondering mm -hmm. what presidential means, especially in the modern era, what you're about to hear from Joe Biden is 1000% presidential. This is how a chief executive should behave in the United States. This is the standard that I think because of Donald Trump and because of the behavior of the Republican Party that we've lost <sighs> sight of. That people have just become accustomed to the flailing and the ungainly freakouts and the nastiness and divisiveness. And yet there's Joe Biden. Incompetence, yeah. you know. I mean, Incompetence just, as well, yeah. I was thinking about the economy earlier. It's like, well, this is what happens when you don't put your fucking golf caddy in charge of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> right. like for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, the, the only people who are in these jobs now are experienced civil servants, who many of whom worked during the Obama era, and they got to, you know, see how things actually function mm -hmm. and how to correct from mistakes without overcorrecting and ending up in the other lane. Yeah. You know, and just, I just, I remember in the aftermath of the Pulse nightclub massacre. Yeah. Yeah. When um, President Obama and then Vice President Biden showed up on, in Orlando, and I was just like, okay, Dad and Uncle Joe are on the scene. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, I don't know, like, the, just like uh, the dignity and the class mm -hmm. and the, and, it, and, it, and we're expected to sit fate toe to toe and go like, okay, with people who are like literally flinging shit at us. Yeah. Like yeah. angry monkeys at the zoo. And it's. Well, there's a, uh, a magnanimity, there's a uh, self-deprecation that goes along with the office, too. Yeah. And these are all things that I think we've forgotten about because we've been so blasted by Trump's mouth farting and just all yeah, these. Just hosing everything down with shit sauce. The you shrieking, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just abandoning all the things that we have come to expect from presidents and creating a new and lo much lower standard. So we're going to listen to this Joe Biden tape here coming up, uh, as well as uh, Nikki Haley blaming Barack Obama for our device. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, hi, Jody. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Plus, uh, Nikki Haley also said that Texas has a right to secede, which is... No. No, it's wrong. No. 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 Okay. No. <laughs> Short break. Back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. music from Italy this is a Samantha M E-M-M-E I think that's how I'm pronouncing her last name well I am pronouncing it that way I think that's how I'm supposed to pronounce it I'm not sure but uh, this is some great bossa nova music I think this is the first bossa nova recording artist we've played on the show uh, this song next to me is uh, recorded with uh, fellow musicians well you know what I'm going to try to pronounce these names. Samuel Vivian, Giulio Bolgioni, Daniela Giardina, Enia Sacosa. I think I got some of those correct. You're Italian. You should Close know Close enough. This. I know. Shame on me. Oh, God. All right. Link in the description, of course, to download this song and all of Samantha's work. Please do. Uh, just go to bobseska.com, find this episode dated 2124. Click that link, scroll down, and you'll find links to support all the independent recording artists on the show. Thank you for doing that. Okay, continuing on here with our Thursday show. Um, let's play this this tape. Joe Biden calling to console Onita Oliver Sanders and Sean Sanders, the parents of specialist Kennedy uh, Layden Sanders. Again, think about this in terms of being presidential. Think about this in terms of how Donald Trump might have handled this particular phone call. Once they knew we, what they were getting into. Yeah, They yeah. knew it. They did it. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, they knew. They, they mm-hmm. deserve, they're suckers and losers is what they are. Exactly. So uh, here we go. And we're just going to listen to this. Um, the actual tape is about six and a half minutes long. We're not going to listen yeah. to the whole thing. But we'll listen to a good chunk of it here, and then when we come back, we'll uh, expand upon why this is so important. This is Joe Biden. Good morning, Good morning, Mr. Mr. President. Sean, I wish I didn't have to make this call. I, uh, I know uh, 
you know, everybody, uh, I, I know there's nothing anybody can say or do to ease the pain. I've been there. Yes, sir, we understand. I just want you to know that I, uh, you're in my prayers in my heart. I know you don't want the press at the return of the body, but uh, with your permission, I'd like to be there with you. Is that okay? We would love for you to be there. Well, you know, uh, and by the way, we're reporting, we're we're promoting her posthumously to sergeant. Oh, wow. That is the best news I've heard today. Thank you so much. You don't know how much that means to us. Oh, well, I tell you what, it means a lot to lot to me. Uh, my son spent a year in Iraq until I lost him. And uh, I, uh, you know, 1%, 1% of all these kids are the ones that uh, really take care of 99% of us. And look, I know, I really do know. I got one of those phone calls out of the By the way, that's Onita Oliver Sanders crying, not David. I just want to be clear. (laughs) All right. When a tractor trailer hit when I was a young senator, and then my son Bo, he lived near a burn pit in Baghdad. He came down with stage four glioblastoma brain tumor and uh, lost him too. But, uh, you know. Yes, sir. We know that you can definitely feel our pain. I do, and, but I can tell you one other thing, you won't believe it now, and I hope I won't be angry when I say it. The day will come, the day will come when you walk by a park you play, play Kennedy played in, or you open a closet and you smell the fragrance of her clothing or something like that, and you'll smile before you cry. That's when you know you're going to make it. It takes a hell of a long time to get there, but I promise you, you'll get there. I know that is no consolation now, you know? And from what I understand, you're a close family and her twin brother also. I just, I just, anyway, I I wish there was something really intelligent I could say to change everything. Well, we, I just thank you so much for your words of comfort, especially from a parent who's experienced it. And, you know, if you've made it through, I know that, you know, we can make it through as well. I just appreciate your words. Well, thank you. Just hang on to each other. I, the way I made it through is I had family left, even though I lost a big chunk of it. Uh, I had family left, and we just hung on to each other. And uh, it's really, really hard, though, I know. Yes, sir. I, I, the, the, the thing is, I don't know whether you ever want to or could, but uh, where are you now? You're, are you in Georgia? Yes, we're in Waycross, Georgia, Ware County. Yeah, I know Waycross. Well, mm-hmm. if you ever had an opportunity to be up this way, I'd love to host you in the Oval Office and get to see oh, you. Oh, God. Wow. Anyway. Thank uh, you I, so I much. I can give you a, a White House phone number to go directly to my person outside my door in the office if you ever decide you want to try to do that. Yes, sir, we would definitely make sure we make that happen. Okay, did you have a pencil there? Yes. Wow. Okay, Terry code 202. Um, Mr. President, sir, we got a room full of people, and I think it'll be in our best interest if you we take you off speakerphone and get the number. <laughs> 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 Good for that. Wow. Okay, That's you're sweet. back on speaker now. 
I'm President of the United States of America. <laughs> Quote the most powerful man. man in the world. I keep telling me they don't allow me to have a phone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> President of the United States, Joe Biden, right there. Holy shit. Incredible. Do you notice in there, in addition to the decency and decorum and empathy, the humility of Joe Biden? The ability to say, I wish there was something intelligent that I could say to help you. After he's already said. You know, that's the man that hugged me in 2012 when I was having, mm-hmm. like, the worst fucking day. Yeah. It was, yeah. like, full-on imposter syndrome. Like, get me out of here. I Just take me back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking, like, hick that should never have ventured into the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. Like, and, you know, he was just like, it's okay. Tomorrow it's going to be better. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just staggeringly beautiful, uh, that conversation and the things that he said, the, the part where he was talking about uh, opening up her closet and smelling uh-huh. her clothes and having that memory and then eventually getting to the point where you smile before you cry. Yeah. In that circumstance. Been uh, there, done that. Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> presidential. I mean, I, I wrote this on uh, Twitter today. I said, uh, President Biden is a traditional chief executive who behaves with decency and decorum, seeks compromise and consensus, and has achieved significant results improving the lives of all Americans. Mm-hmm. Beware of anyone, left, right, or center, who seeks to trade this for chaos and tyranny. And I think there are a lot of people who are willing to do that for some reason, something, something, TikTok, propaganda, nonsense, something. I don't know what the fuck it is, but to me, as Americans, we should all be looking to Joe Biden and say, you know what, this is the kind of guy I want as president. He's not flawless. Yeah. You know what, he's only been president for three years, first of all. Yeah, for a minute. uh, Imagine, like, you know, learning from experience. Yeah. Maybe, like, getting older (laughs) means you know what you're doing. I just... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because to me, like, I mean, part of the the thing that we all didn't expect from the yeah. Biden presidency was its lack of tone deafness, its mm-hmm. deafness mm-hmm. with communication, its grace. It's, you know, and it yeah. pisses me off once again. You know, it's like when the Obamas were in office, like, and that whole family was just like so classy and did not mm-hmm. step out of line mm-hmm. once. Did Ever. You know, can you imagine if like. Either of the Obama daughters had been, like, arrested for a drunken public intoxication or whatever, like mm-hmm. the Bush twins. I mean, just yeah. the absolute abs- absurdity of that, the, 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 the difference, the double standard mm-hmm. that we, as, like, people on the quote-unquote left progressives are held to mm-hmm. when the other side is literally a bunch of shit-throwing chimpanzees. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, compare the tape that we just played of Joe Biden to the tape we just played of Donald Trump where he's unwilling to even admit that there was a news event, a court decision just days ago, in which he was found liable for defaming someone who, yeah. he, who he raped. And he's unwilling to even say, you know, I, I made a mistake. I was wrong. This was bad. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. I don't. And to have that kind of humility... That's what you want. You know what? This is the kind of leader that you have to pair with being a superpower. The fact that the United States is still a superpower requires people of goodwill to be running the show. Because you combine being a superpower with a fucking tyrant like Donald Trump, and it's a recipe for disaster. This is one of the reasons why I've been predicting for years that Donald Trump will preside over, given the chance the existence of some form of nuclear detonation Mm -hmm. because he is just that reckless, dangerous, unstable, irrational. 
and incompetent. You know, you can make all the arguments you want about Joe Biden being old, but I challenge you, I mean, gaffes aside, which are standard across every president of every fucking age demographic, Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is that there are no reports of Joe Biden nodding off during cabinet meetings or Joe Biden disengaged Thank in you. policy discussions. There's no indication in that phone call of Joe Biden being out to lunch and unable to articulate himself. Right. God, I would be entirely tongue tied in that scenario. One, because I haven't had th- those experiences that Joe Biden has had. Very few of us have. But also, not everyone has that level of. Uh, ability to articulate uh, their empathy and Joe Biden is able to do that and that you can't put a price tag on that sort of thing if you're completely consider like the pastoral nature of the presidency there is a point where I mean you know the president is our consoler you know and um, you have to have empathy to do that yeah (laughs) exactly you can't what is it George Burns says sincerity once you can fake that you've got it made (laughs) (laughs) yeah right right um, there are a lot of fakers a lot of fake sincerity out there in politics uh, too oily what's his face the speaker of the house I mean just oh he's the worst you know what the poster boy for fake sincerity is Ted Cruz Ted Cruz is the absolute worst at it it's such a phony Ted Cruz's dog doesn't even like (laughs) it Right. Uh, like, oh shit. God, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, then there's uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki, uh, Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley. No. Nikki Haley. Nick, no. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. No. Um, she is blaming Barack Obama for the divisive politics in America. Uh, this was on. And the, God uh, forbid, there's a President Harris. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. That's Nikki Haley's argument. That's been the thing she's been talking about throughout her campaign, which is that you better not vote for Joe Biden because he's going to die and then we're going to end up with the black woman president. And I'm sorry, but Nikki Haley and and Kamala Harris, their parents, at least I think Kamala's mom is from Mm. the same area that Nikki's parents. uh, Somehow Nikki is managing to call Kamala the black person when it's, it's like, wait, sister. Mm-hmm. Like, aren't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't she um, campaign on having racism in her life prior to becoming governor? I mean, no, fuck, no, <laughs> fuck her. She's an awful human, and any to any Republican that is moderate, she's not moderate, assholes. No. She's a fucking piece of shit. Do not elect her because of that. Not because she's a woman, not because she's Indian. Yeah. Do not elect her because she's a piece of shit. Right. F you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so let's listen to Nikki Haley. Uh, okay. And you're exactly right, Jody. Let's listen to Nikki Haley blaming Barack Obama for white supremacy and divisiveness in our country. Here we go. Kamala, I want to ask why you said if Kamala... Oh, yeah, by the way, this is, uh, this is on the Breakfast Club podcast. Kamala, I want to ask why you said if Kamala was president, why would send chills down sure. your spine? Sure, so a couple of things. I think with Obama, that was, if you go back, that's when we really started to feel the division. That's oh. when we... Re- it, it was... A the lot of that was because of white supremacists, though. What? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was because of the white supremacists. Thank you. Oh, my God. about a black president. So we're going to blame the black, black president for the fact that there were white supremacists uh, who were just, pissed off yeah. about the black president. So we shouldn't have any black president because, you know, the white supremacists are going to be pissed off. And then we'll just blame the black presidents. No, I think it was, it was everything. Mm-hmm. Everything was exaggerated with the Obama administration. It became more about gender. It became more about race. It became more what? about... 
separating Americans instead of bringing no. them together. You know, Fuck he, you. Barack Obama notoriously didn't spend a lot of time talking about racism no. and so forth. Because he knew... It's like listening to a nine-year-old, you know? Yeah, I mean, it it's just the, the revisionist mm-hmm. crap. It is. That they yep. just spew the pap. It yeah. comes out of their mouths, and it's like, you don't even believe this shit. Well, the worst part exactly. about it is what she's doing here is not only talking gibberish and completely... But she's race-baiting. Exactly right. That's it. She's looking for that white racist vote. It's the mm-hmm. Southern strategy. Yeah, Nikki Haley on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Nikki Haley, honey, the Southern racists ain't gonna vote for you either. Right, and she goes on the Breakfast Club to use the Southern strategy, which is incredible. I, I'm surprised they didn't just cut her fucking mic. I don't know if they necessarily realized what she was doing—that she was subverting their entire show. Yeah. Holy shit! That was because was- the right wing media, though. Well, they were—they were scared to death. Right. Yeah. There we go. Look, there we go. I don't think everybody is at fault. I'm not saying <laughs> that one person did this, but I'm saying so as, soon as, as soon as she's cornered, she's like, oh, it's, it's both sides. Yes, I mean, the black people are just as much to blame as the white supremacists and the racists and the, the people no. who were sending Barack Obama death threats throughout his entire presidency. Fuck, man. Under that I just administ- don't know if I can stand 2024. I just, I, I, well, welcome know, to like, it, David. Here we uh, are. January has been the longest year of my life, seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, no shit. All right. It really did cause some, you just felt, people felt like they were being put in camps. Yeah. It, through that administration. Oh, Jesus Christ. What did you just say? Because you know why? Because it's intolerant to say that those white people are being racist. You know, that's uh, their point. Just, uh, the whole Obama presidency caused some white people to lose their ever-loving fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, do you remember the witch doctor thing? Do you remember that? That was oh, yeah. right at the beginning. I, do. I mean, Barack Obama had barely been president before the Tea Party arose, growing out of the Sarah Palin rallies, which were the proto-Trump rallies of 2008. Yeah. And so those people needed somewhere to go with their lawn chairs. So what they did is they started protesting Barack Obama, who was endeavoring to rescue the economy from a second Great Depression and managed (laughs) to do it, by the way. (laughs) And they called it porculous. And they accused him of socialism when he tried to pass the Recovery Act as his first Mm -hmm. legislative achievement. And they went after him with witch doctor signs. And like and hoped, uh, remember, remember fucking Rush Limbaugh? I hope he fails. Yes. Mitch I McConnell. Know. Yeah, it's Mitch McConnell said that. Yeah, yeah. And then. Never mind the pe- all the people caught in the meat grinder of the economy collapse. You know, just. Yeah. And, and then what, the American folks just, you know, make sure he fails. Right. Because if he, like they're doing with Joe Biden right now. And then he passed the Affordable Care Act, which is now immensely popular, even in places like Kentucky, where they refuse to allow anyone, Republican or Democrat or whatever, to uh, repeal the Affordable Care Act because they love their marketplace. Kentucky, I think it's called Connect in Kentucky. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's hugely popular. Yes, it is. Thank you, Barack Obama. But when he was president, it was like, oh, my God, here we go. 
this guy who comes Satan's from in the White House, folks. Kenya and, and Donald Trump and Orly Tates with the birth certificate nonsense. <laughs> I just Orly Tates okay. had very bad experience with Kitty Pilgrim. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just I don't know why that one line of hers, which yeah. is I can't remember. Yeah. It was Wolf Blitzer, I think. She's like, "Are you going to cut me off?" And bad experience <laughs> with Kitty Pilgrim. And I just <laughs> but that's that's the kind of person that Donald Trump steals from. I mean, Donald Trump no, stole totally. from this moron, Orly Tates. It's like he didn't even come up with that. As, he was incapable of coming up with Orly Tates level nonsense. So he had to steal her nonsense and make it his own nonsense, which is what he does, whether it's Melania plagiarizing not one, but two Michelle Obama speeches. Yes. That all that shit gets lost. The fact that Donald Trump lets other people build things and then he gets them to pay him so they can put his name on their building. Everything Donald Trump does is stolen from something. Make America Great Again was Ronald Reagan. Donald Trump, I invented that. It was like when Tony Atamanek... It was actually before that. It was, I believe, Lindbergh had it when he was trying to run. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, make America Germany again. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, remember when Tony Atamanek was doing the president show on Comedy Central? He did a, uh, mm -hmm. a president show Christmas special called I Invented Christmas, a president show Christmas. <laughs> And it was just like he was playing up the fact that Donald Trump steals everything and, and claims credit for it, which is insane. Right. Uh, there's more of this Nikki Haley clip. I'm not going to play anymore. And everyone's thank going, you. yay, thank you, Bob. She's an asshole. Yeah. But I just, it's like going to the dentist almost. I mean, just she opens her mouth and you just immediately know that she's like, I said almond milk, not oat milk. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have your pinky cut off, you know? Like, right. Well, know. this is how wrong she is. She also says Texas has a right to secede, which it doesn't. She said Texas has the no. right to secede. No, no. If its citizens decide to do so, GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley said on Wednesday, a controversial view that contradicts centuries of established history and precedent. Similar secession efforts infamously led to the Civil War. But, quote, if Texas decides they want to do that, they can do that, unquote, Haley said in an interview with the radio show The Breakfast Club. So it was the no. same sit down. Well, the thing is, I mean, Texas gets billions in federal aid. Yeah. All yeah. the red states do. They're yes. on welfare. Yes, of course. So, Hi, California helps pay for most of it. But this is the Republican way. This is what you get when you have a, uh, a reality show celebrity like Donald Trump elected to president. People think they can storm off like the real housewives. And that's what they want to do. That's what secession, mm -hmm. that's what the modern secession movement is all about. Oh, I can't stand living with you libtards, so we're going to storm off. Bye! It's insane. Mm -hmm. It's so utterly childish. It's like, you know, when, when you're uh, losing at Monopoly and you're six years old and you toss the game board across the room because you're so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I that's, think that's the natural response to playing Monopoly, period. I don't know who enjoys that game. I, <laughs> I, used, to love, that game. I used to love playing that game. I used to love it. It was yeah. fun. I don't know anyone who's ever finished a game of Monopoly, but it is fun to play for a period of time. I, I think I remember finishing it when I was like nine. Wow. Like six and a half hours later, <laughs> and yeah, it's, bankruptcy. It's a, it's I mean, a it's thing. insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wrote something about secession, by the way, in the banter this week, the banter.substack.com. And this was more directed at some of the liberals who are like, yeah, sure, go, secede. I don't care. Get out. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, that's not how this works. No! All right. Uh, but if you want to read more about my opinion on that, just go to the banter, thebanter.substack.com. Okay. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, oh, my God, the PP tape, which Donald Trump has 
continue to keep in the news like an idiot. Boy, back with that more. Takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> back with more show after this. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Parasite, all you do is feed off me. You're a tick, eat your meals, they come rent free. Parasite, all you do is feed off me. You're a tick, eat your meals, they come rent free. Parasite, all you do is feed off me. This is some uplifting, happy music this from uh, dark. Local Thanks, Dog. <laughs> this is a song, a brand new single called Hemophiliac. Yes, it's a uh, day of contrasts. Trump, Biden. Italian bossa nova versus local dives hemophiliac. <laughs> We're all over the board today. What can I say? Uh, BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so uh, this uh, UK court has thrown out Donald Trump's lawsuit against Christopher Steele because of the PP tape allegations in the Steele dossier. Donald Trump's data protection lawsuit against a British private investigations firm over a dossier which alleged links between Trump's 2016 election campaign and Russia was thrown out by London's high court on Thursday. The former U.S. president said the uncorroborated claims were, quote, shocking and scandalous and slammed the report as, quote, egregiously inaccurate, containing, quote, numerous false, phony or made up allegations. Judge Karen Stein, however, ruled that the case could not continue, saying in a written ruling that, quote, there are no compelling reasons to allow the claim to proceed to trial. Ha, 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 ha. No. Um, no. Yes. It's been almost 10 years now. It's 2015. Like, he fucking came down that escalator, and he just, yep. mm-hmm. it's like an unflushable turd. It's just like, <laughs> what does that turd want? So there you go. The one-term loser loses again and stupidly keeps that PP tape story alive far beyond its shelf life. I don't think anyone's still talking about the PP tape. We've all be- become too embarrassed to bring it up in public, and yet he's reinserting it into the conversation every chance he gets. This is what he does. He can't not do this where he's constantly kind of reinvigorating all of his scandals. 
because he doesn't know how to shut the F up about them. Exactly. Staggering. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Oh, and by the way, the businessman, former president, the guy who's supposed to be the expert at the economy is bleeding cash. Yes. First of all, I love this analysis. It says that uh, he turned a $5 million decision into an $83 million (laughs) judgment. Which, I mean, like magic tricks, man. (laughs) Yeah, incredible. That's your businessman president. That's the guy. The guy who, by the way, builds things or says he builds things and yet presided over a manufacturing recession Mm pre-COVID. Got to insert that in the conversation. I wish we could just completely dispense with the idea that billionaires are good at anything besides printing money out of their assets. Yeah, I know. Well, some are are very good at their jobs, but others not so much. You know, that website, The Messenger, was like the the billionaire guy that used to own the hill. Yeah. Like designed. And I remember when they were pitching that in like 2019, and it was a brilliant concept for 2007. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, they were like, we're going to use search engine optimization and like you're going to be and they're like getting, you know, acres and acres of Manhattan real estate and a skyscraper. That's like that was dumb. And Mm. yeah, okay, But like all these writers in the meantime are out on their asses. They found out about it from The New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh, what's going on with Donald Trump's money right now. And I'm talking about his fundraising, his campaign money, uh, just bleeding. And because it's all going to all of his legal troubles. That's where all this money is getting spent. Yeah. Yeah. And this is another thing that to me is a solid indicator, maybe more so than any poll that's out there, that Donald Trump is headed toward a losing election. So, yes, bear that in mind. Former President Donald Trump is as strong a fundraiser as ever, but he is bleeding money on legal expenses. This is according to Politico. Trump's joint fundraising committee, the primary fundraising vehicle for his presidential campaign, brought in a whopping $75 million in the second half of the year. The former president's strength continues to be with small dollar donors who accounted for more than one third of that total. But Trump's campaign and his affiliated groups are burning through cash at an even faster rate than he can fundraise. Across five connected groups, Trump spent more than he raised in 2023, and that spending is driven in large part by his legal woes. Two of his political committees spent a combined $50 million on legal expenses in 2023, his biggest single expense category, with more spent on legal than advertising, payroll, or other typical campaign expenditures. (laughs) Just trying to hold back that laugh throughout reading all of that. MAGA. These, these lawyers are getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. MAGA Inc., a super PAC supporting Trump's campaign, had to refund tens of millions of dollars to his leadership PAC to help cover those legal expenses, underscoring how legal challenges draw from money that could have been used to boost Trump as a candidate, although the group was still able to spend nearly $44 million on independent expenditures in 2023. Suffice to say, Donald Trump is a gigantic cash suck. That's what he's all about. This guy is turning. But he always has been. He's been this yeah. like vortex of burning cash and other people's money just up in flames. Right. Airlines, stakes, bottled water, cologne, casinos. Uh-huh. And it's all just this boiling void of suck. Yes. <laughs> just, I mean, here's the response that you have to use every time someone says, well, inflation, so I'm leaning toward Trump. All you got to say back to them is, What's Donald Trump going to do specifically about inflation? What's his platform plank on that issue? What's you're his so plan? far over your? I mean, that's like you're. Uh, that, yeah, I know. 
Yeah, they don't it's, care about that. I know it's you won't get an answer, but I'm just saying that's the it's response. They're going to pivot to the border or some, you know, yeah, xenophobic yeah. shit. Well, trans that's, people. Sometimes all it takes is just the suggestion of something, and you allow that to fester in their teeny tiny chiclet brains, and then it'll. <laughs> erupt into maybe some sort of fully formed thought down the road that no. will get them to think, well, maybe I'm making a mistake. Here. It what will just evolve them to apathy, but they won't. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's true. I, I, I'm somewhat naive on this, but I still believe that there are things that you can do. There are still people who are gettable. I think there is still the ability to convince some of these people that they're making a giant mistake. They don't need to admit it. They don't need to tell even pollsters about it. All they need to do is make the right decision when they're in the voting booth. All, it. It, all I know is my Republican friends that I went to college with, yeah. they're not voting for fucking Donald, and I don't think they'd vote for Nikki either. Right, right. Um, well, because they're smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, it. I mean, not every Republican is stupid. MAGA's, on the other hand, God bless them, are duped. Mm-hmm. And, and, and are in the QAnon hole, and they're just, they're not thinking yeah because like he he has the cognitive dissonance in these people is amazing it, it should really be is. studied yeah yeah well and i think a- part of that is pandemic related i mm. feel yeah, like i agree i agree that the, it just like boinked a bunch of people's brains like yeah. you know it's like, like when it's like lightning hits the house and fries your internet and your hard drive well that's i mean we go back to the taylor swift conversation yeah. this all plays into the american nervous breakdown that i've been talking about Lots of people, their cheese has slipped off their cracker, and that's it's almost <laughs> impossible to get that fucking cheese back onto the cracker mm-hmm. because not even they're so easy far gone. cheese, not even any out of a can. I mean, it's really <laughs> that hard. That's right. Uh, but but there it is. Meantime, Senate Republicans uh, might end up blocking this bipartisan tax relief know. bill. Because Chuck Grassley says, "I'm not going to give him a win." Fuck oh, you, Jesus Chuck. Christ, yeah. that you old Sorry, Bob. I called Chuck Grassley a c- because he is one. Putting uh, two markers right on the file right there. <laughs> Waiting it's an for English a c- Can I call oh, the c- one? And then another one. <laughs> okay. There's four markers. I got in trouble for two swear words. I'm so Miller. sorry, Bob. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It takes me five <laughs> seconds to bleep this shit, which I, I will be bleeping. Um, but yeah, the Republicans might actually end up. Chuck Grassley is so old and stupid, it just hurts my head. Like He's it's older makes... than dirt at this point. Yeah, it's I... funny. He's going to get reelected. Is he running again? I'm not yeah, sure. I believe God. he is. Isn't he like 90 almost? Yes. The people complaining about Joe Biden's age are going to yeah. reelect Chuck Grassley. Um, but yeah, so the House passed the $78 billion tax bill on Wednesday that boosts the child tax credit. and Overwhelmingly, rein- they passed it. Right. Reinstates business deductions that were rescinded during the Trump administration, sending the bipartisan bicameral legislation to the Senate for consideration. The chamber cleared the measure, dubbed the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act, in an overwhelmingly bipartisan 357 to 70 vote. So only 70 members of the House voted against this thing. But Chuck Grassley's like, I think passing a tax bill that makes the president look good, mailing out checks before the election, means he could be reelected. So they are actually more concerned about electing Donald Trump than they are about passing tax cuts for regular Americans. That's the child tax credit. Regular oh, well, small businesses and the and deductions. And by the way, yeah. 
uh, there will be no checks going out. That's the really fucked up part of it. It's yeah. like, there's no checks going out. It's just going to be a tax credit. Tax You're not going to get man. a fucking check. Republicans against tax cuts. It's I an know. incredible All thing. All of a sudden, they're against them. Yeah, I mean, we go back to the Recovery Act we were talking about from 2009, the first thing that Barack Obama did out of the chute to rescue the economy. It contained, up to that point, the largest middle-class tax cut in American history. As a dollar value, the largest that there had ever been. Four middle-class Americans, and every Republican voted against it. Of course they did. Yeah. Because they followed Mitch McConnell. We, the thing are dick that, holes. It, right. <laughs> the thing we have to thank you, Jody. The thing we have to do is make sure Barack Obama doesn't get reelected. We can sell out all of our values as long as Barack Obama doesn't get reelected. We're going to make Barack Obama a one-term president, and our values are irrelevant. Our platform planks irrelevant. It's all about mm -hmm. stopping Obama. This is all about stopping Joe Biden and electing this tyrant, this chaos agent, this rapist, Donald Trump. That's why Chuck Grassley is blocking tax relief. Staggering, staggering amount of bullshit here from these guys. I remember telling a Republican coworker during the Obama administration that taxes were exactly where they were under Reagan, and he just didn't believe me. Even when I sent him like the chart, yeah, showing him that like we're actually paying less in taxes now. Yeah, where'd you get that? The New York Times. That's crazy well, you know, talk, biased. David. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the State Department is reportedly exploring the possibility of recognizing a Palestinian state following the end of the Gaza War. So we're seriously leaning into, along. yeah, we're leaning into that idea. Plus, uh, Joe Biden is signing an executive order on West Bank settlements to mm -hmm. get the settlers out of the West Bank. So Good. these are positive moves to uh, help the Palestinian cause while uh, trying to generate some form of ceasefire and release of hostages. Joe Biden's doing his job. He's doing it. Yes, he is. This is competent stewardship of foreign policy, domestic policy, and the economy. He's covering all the bases here. Whether it's his signature achievements legislatively regarding the economy, whether it's uh, actions he's taken to try to ameliorate this goddamn mess between Israel and Hamas. Across the board, Joe Biden's doing the right thing. And this is coming from someone who hasn't historically been much of a Joe Biden fan. I mean, when Barack Obama no, chose- all of us were so skeptical. Do you remember when he announced oh, yeah. it? And we were, it was just like, oh, seriously, old man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a period of time where Kimberly and I were like, oh my God, Joe Biden, we're putting up Joe Biden to take this guy mm -hmm. down? Yeah. Is that even possible? Holy yeah. fuck. <clears throat> it felt like we were at the top of a roller coaster about ready to go down through that first plunge. Like, oh my God, it's going to be Joe Biden. Holy shit. I hope he can do it. I hope he can do it. I feel like after Clyburn endorsed and that all started to break for Biden, I just, I had a feeling in my gut that this was the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's when I started mm -hmm. to uh, realize that this by that too, could be actual, actually a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No matter what issues you may have as, an, as a squishy centrist and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. He's, he's not a centrist a anymore. He's yeah. got a lot of soul. I mean, my area of concentration <laughs> in college and my political science degree was the American presidency. And from everything I've studied, even after college, of course, indicates that Joe Biden is a traditionally effective and decent and solid president of the United mm -hmm. States. He checks all the boxes, as they say. 
And to trade that in for a chaos agent, a tyrant, because gas is $3 or whatever, mm. short-sighted, selfish bullshit. That's and what Joe is. Biden has been, as much as he can, presidenting like L- LBJ and FDR. All right, Shadow Dog, it next. Bye.